Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. We're seeing this Marxist ideology playing out at the international level, and we see how, how viciously bad it is and unfair it is. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the beginning of the last days. My name is Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson, and it is good to be with you today. As always, I like to start the show by reading from my dad's Bible. Yesterday, we showed a picture of uh, my dad and this very Bible. I was about six years old and it was on his lap. That was really neat to find that. Um, we have had a, uh, a leak in our garage. And um, so uh, we've had a little bit of trouble because boxes were all, you know, messed up. And so we, we had to go through old pictures. Well, I've been doing it going through them for, for, you know, hours, days. And, uh, and, and I found that when it's not only that though, I have to repack all of the stuff that was in the boxes. So it's been crazy. Um, so in the, in the night, early this morning, I, you know, I was kind of awake pretty early. And so I put on a really good pastor from the United States of America. And he was talking about the end days and very specifically about Daniel's prophetic words. And Daniel, the, the first chapters, of course, there's Daniel in the lion's den. We all know that. And he had to stand up and some other stories, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But um, then towards the latter part of Daniel, he goes into a prophetic word for a season to come, for days to come. This is what it is. So I thought, well, what did my dad underline? And um, I'm just going to pull out something because there's a whole bunch of stuff that he has uh he is underlined, and of course I miss him. He is gone. Um, hmm. Wow. Okay, let me start here. Daniel 8, and uh, in verse 23. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. My dad's Bible is real old English. Okay. And his, his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy wonderfully. That's a weird way to say that, eh? I think it means like powerfully, because this is talking about the bad guy. And shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And through his policy also, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. And he shall magnify himself in his heart and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. So old English, what does that mean, JT? He's broken. He's going to be broken. I get that. He's going to be broken and he won't be able to use his hands anymore. <laughs> okay. Now, right. You don't think it means that. Now, I'm just going to pop over real fast because my dad has underlined a lot. I mean, this guy loved, you know, the Bible, the Word. He studied everything, and I wish he, I wish I knew it. I didn't know it when he was here. I mean, I'd see him, you know, in his Bible, but I didn't know he was so intensely looking at things that are so important for today. Not broken by human hands. Not broken by human hands, but broken by God's hands. He shall be broken. Okay, but not by man's hands, by yes. God's hands. Excellent. So that's a promise for what's coming. Evil is in the world, but this guy's going to get broken. And I just want to read one final verse. Uh, so God says to Daniel, uh, Daniel 12, 4, 
But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Isn't that what we're finding? All of this stuff about AI, transhumanism, knowledge, everyone can figure anything out. My new best friend is ChatGPT. I just ask it anything, you know, and um, it, it seems to have the answers. I ask it about history. Uh, I ask it even about conspiracy theories, and it gives me both sides. So knowledge has increased, but I love the promises in Daniel. You see, in the end, as in, I, all, I asked you all to read Ezekiel 38, 39. I hope you've done it. This is about Armageddon. Armageddon, and I believe that's in uh, Revelations 12, but I, I'm not certain, certain, but I thought he said Revelations 12 correlates with Ezekiel 38, 39. Not certain. Might be a later chapter. But when Armageddon hits, no, no one is saved by man's hand. God shows up and it talks about he shows up in fire against the enemies. So this is all interesting, isn't it? Um, we're going to talk about some real uh, fascinating things uh, today. So this is going to be a good one. I have a, an incredible guest. His name is Edward Bartlett. He is the founder of SAVE, S-A-V-E. He received his PhD from Johns Hopkins University former faculty member at three universities and former federal regulator at the Department of Health and Human Services, author of over 100 peer-reviewed articles and editorials, and a proud father of three and an avid bicyclist. Welcome to the show, Mr. Bartlett. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Hi, Laura Lynn. Great to see you. So speaking of Speaking of universities, uh, we've got some pretty incredible uh, drama going on in the universities of the United States, and I'd love to sort of, you know, see what you have to say about uh, the resignation yesterday of uh, President Claudine Gay from, from Harvard University. Um, how do you see this playing out? What, what's your perspective since you've sort of been in that field? Hmm. Wow, what a what a question to start off our interview. And of course, that's a great question because she did resign yesterday. Uh, now the former former president of Harvard University, the leading university in the United States, she's still a faculty member at, at Harvard. Um, I was told that uh, her academic qualifications uh, were all of eleven underscore eleven articles, scholarly articles, that's what got her to that post. Of course, many of them were uh, plagued by plagiarism. So uh, there's there's much to worry about. But you use the word evil. I think we need to start calling a spade a spade. What we are seeing in colleges these days, there is a lot of evil. There's a lot of uh, false claims. There's a, a lot of false agendas. Some people call it the gender agenda, which is which is perverting so many key parts, so many values of our society. Let's look where a lot of this is centered around in the United States. We have a law called Title IX, which is designed to end sex discrimination in schools. Well, and of course, that's a good concept. But what happens if you change the definition of sex to, to include gender identity? Biological sex, of course, 
is a empirical scientific fact, whereas gender identity is a feeling. It's a subjective feeling. So when you combine a biological fact with a subjective feeling and mush them together, you're obviously asking for a whole lot of trouble. Wow. Um, that is so much and, and so brilliant. Um, I, I had a question early on when we were speaking of uh, Claudine Gay. Sir, like, do you think that Harvard is going to take a hit because they have to keep her? I mean, if Obama calls you and, you know, she's an African-American, you, you shouldn't be firing anyone who's African-American, it seems like, right? Uh, it's super easy to get rid of the, the other colors, but this is hard. Then Obama calls, and they, they're keeping her on the, the faculty, but it's my understanding there's some 50 plagiarized, um, you know, works that she's done. And how is this good for the university? They're, they're in a rock and a hard place. This is what's happened to that woke left you're talking about. And, 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 and this is one example of the evil in our society. And we're seeing this both in Canada and the United States. We don't want to, we don't want to pretend that Canadians oh, are seeing it here. Yep. immune to these problems, but fundamentally we've, we're <clears throat> classifying people, not by their, by their character, by their accomplishments, by their, by their by by their writings, we're classifying people by superficial things like race, gender, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so you know that's that's definitely not the that's not the way of truth. That's not the way of justice. To say, oh, you're a you're a white man. Obviously, you're evil. Oh, you're a black woman. Obviously, you're completely full of enlightenment. That that's just <laughs> that's just not the way the world works. Right. So with you living in the United States of America, are you seeing it, it's interesting that there is an awakening? Like I, I was thinking about how, you know, uh, it's been Biden's policy, the Democrat policy to open those that southern border and millions of people coming in. I mean, it's just epic and very disturbing because people are complaining. You don't know who's in these groups and you know, it seemed to be sort of that Texas problem, like the southern borders problem, until they started pushing, you know, and sending busloads of them up to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, my, that was my personal favorite, but also into New York State and into these other areas. Now, all of these Democrat, um, uh, what do you call them in the states when they're Trump. over? Yeah, like um, we have premiers, JT. DeSantis is a governor, right, right. And so all these governors now really complaining because it's now their problem. And I, I saw a report on New York. It, it's like they they can't they can't take it all in. So you've got that kind of problem happening. Then you've got the Democrats having a, an issue with um, the protesters now. You see they allowed BLM, to burn, you know, burn stuff down, uh, go after the police, loot, steal. Uh, and, and that was, um, you know, it was perfectly fine. No one did anything about that. Uh, but then now that there's these pro-Palestine marches going on and they're showing up at Democrats' homes in the morning, it's Christmas morning, actually, to, you know, to express their, 
their unhappiness about things. Well, now all of a sudden everybody's like on edge because all these things that they've allowed, uh, the violence, the violent tendency is kind of like growing that the sense of not being heard seems to be going on in the U.S. What, what do you make of all of that? Is the pushback helping? So what we're seeing is a, is a repeat of history. Um, when you go back in time, go back to communist China, go back to the 1960s, it was called the Cultural Revolution. Students took over the, 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 the colleges, laws were not enforced, uh, the people who ascribed to the old ways, the old beliefs, they were, they were excommunicated. Uh, there were, there were what they called, uh, uh, sessions where they basically forced people to public publicly admit their, their, their sins. Uh, guess what? We're seeing all of that happening in the United States and in Canada. It's the same process. It is the cultural revolution but now it's being brought to North America. So it, this truly is frightening. But when you're not enforcing basic laws about, <laughs> you know, not, not destroying things and, <clears throat> and not hurling threats at people, uh, you, you, you're, you're asking for trouble. You really are. And uh, when, when you're teaching students that you can plagiarize and you can become the president, and even if you finally get caught and you get in trouble, you just you just get to keep your position and and be a faculty member and and actually remain relatively unscathed. This is right. destroying the um, the integrity and the character of our nation. Right, and if we can, I'd I'd like to to, to turn to this Title IX issue because that's where. Yes, tell us about that, because in Canada, we might not fully understand that, but but give us an overview of what's going on. Sure. So, uh, again, Title IX is the U.S. law designed to end sex discrimination in schools. Of course, that's a good thing. But um, now the Biden administration wants to change the definition of sex um, and to include gender identity. So let's start, you know, piecing out all the many ramifications, all, all of the ripple effects of that. Well, first of all, we have biological males competing in women's sports. Uh, so uh, I just read an article yesterday about a boxing match between a biological male and a biological female. Of course, the biological male, male said he was a transgender woman, but that didn't take away from his physical superiority and his his ability to really pummel the the female. So we have we have basically the decline, the demise of traditional women's sports. <clears throat> then we go to this gender transitioning issue, where uh, a, a person, you know, a kid maybe in who, who even as young as seven, eight years old, uh, is somebody says, you know, well, you're a you know you have a, a girl's body, but you're really a boy, or vice versa. Now imagine how confusing that would be to, to if you know, for you or I have been told that when we were seven years old. I mean, that's that's really abusive to make those comments to a young child. In in one case, there was a girl in the United States. Her name was Sage Blair. Sage Blair, 
she decided she was 14 years old. She decided that she <clears throat> really was a boy. She started using the boys' bathroom in the local high school. <laughs> uh, not surprisingly, the boys were not thrilled with that. And so she dropped out of high school. Um, she ended up getting caught up in a tr sex trafficking ring. She was sex trafficked to Maryland. Um, she had been in Virginia before. She ended up in Texas. She had been raped multiple times. Um, you know, all of this is thanks to this gender uh, transitioning nonsense that really, is, this is an absolute tragedy for Sage Blair. So, so that's, the, that's another example. Sage Blair, I should add, her parents were never told when she was undergoing these you know, questioning in, in school, the school kept that a secret. So the, so this had impacts not only on Sage Blair herself, but also on the family unit. The family was, was kept in the dark. Then we have pronoun mandates, right? <laughs> so it, it's you know, ridiculous. I mean, let's say pretend I wanted, I just demanded, I want everybody to address me as uh, your, your excellency. Well, of course, that's absurd. But when we're when we have kids who are, you know, 10, 12 years old, demanding they want to be called by their gender pronoun, and it can be made up whatever they want it to be. And if they don't do that, by the way, they could be hit with a Title IX harass, sexual harassment complaint. And again, that's really happened. I'm not making this stuff up. Um, so, you know, on and on we go. And I haven't even talked about, you know, the, the, the obliteration of campus due process for, for students who are falsely accused of sexual misconduct. Wow. Um, it just seems like there's a loss of common sense when you talk about, uh, you know, putting a male body into the, the ring, you know, a boxing ring. Um, males have much more muscle, you know, many more muscles. They've got denser bone, um, you know, particles. And it, it just seems that this is, it doesn't make sense. Uh, somebody that's been dealing with this up here is Jordan Peterson. And he got in a lot of trouble in our um, universities. And he's, he's a, just a really incredible man that long before any of us were noticing what was happening, he, he, he was starting to speak out. And early on when I began to understand that they were indoctrinating kindergartners with the the gender, you know, um, the, the ability to change your gender and telling kindergartners that they could switch out. Um, he began to be a force to be reckoned with in the media, but he had to pay a very high price for speaking out like that. And that seems to be what happens is that it doesn't make sense that you have to force people to call somebody else by something that you don't agree with or believe in. It's not scientific and it's compelled speech, as he would put it. So these are things, I guess, that you've been watching exactly happen in, in your country. Yeah, and let's go back to communist China. One of the uh, tactics used in communist China was these re-education camps. Uh, people who had strayed from the party orthodoxy were sent off to a, a re-education camp for perhaps a year to learn the correct way of thinking. Well, in essence, that's what happened to Jordan Peterson. He was mandated to attend classes 
where he could be instructed on the proper way to think and the proper way to talk. Now, th this is maybe okay in communist China. It's not okay in Canada. It's not okay in a country that considers itself to be a democracy. So, you know, again, this, this is an attack on the soul of Western society, on, on Western civilization. Right. And so are you seeing, is this why you have sort of uh, formed this, this group SAVE in order to try to address some of these very, um, they're very powerful cultural agendas that if you're on the wrong side of it, actually it ends up being very problematic. The courts don't always and most often do not side with common sense in these regards. Yeah, that's so true, and and I and and actually on the screen, um, you're you're displaying our our press releases, which is great because our most recent press release, uh, December the thirteenth, highlighted a historic fifteen million dollar jury verdict against Thomas Jefferson University, which is in Philadelphia, and this all arose from a. Uh, to just to summarize briefly what happened, so a a, a female resident um, literally forced whiskey into the lips of a orthopedic surgeon at this university, and they they already had had this party, so they were all a little bit tipsy, and then add the whiskey. Well, <laughs> they they both kind of fell to the ground, and before you knew it, they were having sex together. Uh, it clearly was not consensual sex. So this man, his name, his name was uh, John Abraham. He actually f notified his supervisor to say basically he had been raped by this uh, female at Thomas Jefferson, uh, and that was the procedure at Thomas and Jefferson. And unfortunately, um, his supervisor said, "Oh, <clears throat> well, that's just foolish. Women, women ne are never sexually aggressive." Uh, women never take advantage of men. So obviously he just made this up. So he didn't even report the incident to the uh, the Title IX office responsible for this. So bottom line, he was, he was forced out of his position as a faculty member, as an orthopedic surgeon. Um, and finally, the university mounted an investigation, found no wrongdoing on his part. Uh, but the damage had been done. He had been forced out. And that's why the verdict was so big, because 11 million of that was to compensate him for the lost wages, the lost income over several years. So, um, and then an additional four, 4 million because the, universe, the jury was so irritated with the outrageous behavior of the female resident. So $15 million, that's a lot of moolah. That is a lot of moolah. And so do you think that does, uh, this says signals the fall of the Believe Women movement? Um, uh, is, is, are, are we kind of, um, are we starting to find some, some ground where there will be more justice? Uh, but it's, it's a long road, um, it looks like. I mean, the whole basis of a, uh, of, of a fair, uh, adjudication process is an impartial investigation. If you're impartial, you have to listen equally to both sides and you have to be fair-minded. You have to not automatically give credence to one party or the other. Well, that's what the Believe Women movement does. It says, 
you know, basically anything the, the female says, it, it has to be true. Anything the male says is probably false. Well, that, you know, that just, again, harkens back to, you know, the cultural revolution in, in China. That's not how due process works. Do you believe, sir, that the education system has been hijacked um, and taken over uh, largely without us knowing? Um, there are definitely parts of the education system, especially higher education um, in the United States and in Canada. Um, I think actually it's, it's fairly obvious. I don't think it's a secret. I don't think it's, you know, under, under the water. Um, there's so many examples, you know, start with Claudine Gray, Gay, uh, that was just, you know, the most recent example, but there's, I'll, I'll tell you <clears throat> something I was reading about just yesterday. This happened uh, five years ago. There was, there was uh, three uh, university professors and they, they thought, hey, let's, let's do a spoof here. Let's, let's, let's just fa fabricate some studies that purport to show that, uh, uh, that 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 men truly are the monsters that that feminists are saying, and let's submit it to some of these gender journals and see if they publish our 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 articles that that make these outrageous claims that have no basis in scientific fact. Well, yes, these articles actually were published, uh, were accepted, were published. Um, so yeah, it, so this is. This is pretty not very secretive. This particular case was very obvious. It was actually written up in the Wall Street Journal. So yeah, but I think there's this again. You know, we we saw in the Cultural Revolution, uh, people saw what was happening, but they were intimidated. They were intimidated by the government. They were intimidated by this broader call it a hysteria. I think that's a pretty accurate term here. There's a there was a broader cultural hysteria that said, you know, if, if, you know, you have to believe women or else. Wow. You know, what I appreciate about the United States is that the, the, the political system is kind of ahead of us in Canada. For instance, there is nobody that is an elected uh, member of parliament here in Canada, the prime minister certainly, that would speak out against the transgender agenda. Um, so on your website, if you can share this, uh, um, you've got three uh, presidential candidates now openly speaking against what the education system has taught with respect to uh, transgenderism. You've got Ron DeSantis, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Donald Trump. And they're basically all saying, like, Vivek has said, I would shut down the U.S. Department of Education. Do I favor six-year-olds being educated on sexuality and gender ideology? No, I do not. Um, Donald Trump, we're going to end education coming out of Washington, D.C. We're going to close it up. And Ron DeSantis says, uh, we would do education, commerce, energy, and the IRS with the Department of Education. We would reverse all the transgender sports stuff. Women's sports should be protected. And they're coming out in protection of women, which seems completely logical and common sense. And in Canada, we don't seem to be able to have a strong right. It's, it's just not here. It's, it's, you couldn't say it because you'd, you'd just be attacked and you know, ridiculed in the papers for this kind of common sense thinking. 
Well, I, I love Canada. I, I love Vancouver and Toronto's another marvelous, beautiful city. That said, um, well, free speech is really the, the, the basis of all of this. We have to have free speech. People have to have the courage to speak their minds. And again, this, this, uh, this cultural intimidation, this cultural hysteria is so reminiscent of what happened years ago in, in communist China. Right. Have you heard of our Bill C-4 where in Canada, um, basically every single member of parliament voted in favor across all aisles. So, so the candidates are, and the, the parties that hate each other voted in unanimous consent to criminalize and uh, put potentially a, you know, a psychotherapist, a parent, anyone who counsels pastors, anyone who talks to children, anyone who wants to transition, they made it illegal to give them counsel not to do so. And Bill C-4 actually calls for imprisonment and every single one of our parliament members of parliament voted in favor of this from the conservatives all the way to the liberals and sick NDP members. Um, th this is just a shocking thing. Have you heard about that down in the USA? So just tell me, was that specifically counseling about transgender issues? Is that, yes. is that the focus of the particular? Gay issues, anything where you are not going to support a child's uh, inkling or any of their ideas to transition. Um, okay. If you want to tell them not to do that, then you're in grave danger of losing your license and being fined, was it? $200,000 and being imprisoned. Yeah, there's, we haven't quite gone that far. We're, we're, the U.S. is lagging behind Canada on that score. Thank God. I have to say. Um, and there's, there's many states that have passed laws that, that um, actually ban gender transitioning of, of youth, um, that uphold free speech, that that ban biological males in in, in uh, women's sports so it's of course it's not all states but uh, uh we we are certainly seeing some level of progress right so when you um speak uh so some of the things that you have highlighted on your website and whatnot you are basically for the common sense protection of men women and character right not having laws or the necessity to be hiring people. I think it was Martin Luther King that said, do not judge a person by the color of their skin, but by character. Well, exactly right. And it just reveals how, how and it's not been just in the last five years. It's not just under the Biden administration. It goes back, the roots of this go back 15, 20 years, even before I was a faculty member, you know, we, we saw a lot of the this ideology being floated, but now it's, it's come to the fore and people are definitely pushing back and saying, uh, this is just, this is absolute insanity, uh, especially parents. I mean, the, I told the story of Blair, Blair Sage, uh, there, and there's other examples of children who've been caught up in this, uh, this gender hysteria. Um, it just, I mean, it, it, they are headed for a, 
a lifetime of of sadness because unless they they this concept of detransitioning, uh, you know, there are some of these people that changed their gender, even underwent surgery. Uh, a woman named Chloe Cole is one example, um, and she underwent a you know a thorough you know top to bottom surgery. And then she later regretted it. She she was still depressed, right? A lot of these kids are, are having mental health problems. And so the, the, the school counselors are essentially exploiting these kids because they are having the mental health problems. And some of them finally see the light and say, this is this truly is nonsense. Hmm. Do you feel that uh, you can make a difference then? Do you have people that, do they join your website? Are, are you working with other educators? Well, absolutely, yes. Um, we've actually formed a umbrella group called the Title IX Network. Uh, I don't know if you want to show it on the screen, but uh, <clears throat> we've actually identified uh, over 200 organizations uh, local, state level, and even national level organizations around the United States who are simply standing up and say, absolutely no, this idea of ch changing one's gender, especially of a youth, of an underage youth, is just sh sheer insanity. So we have, I think it's 218 organizations are part of our Title IX network. So yeah, so we just have to uh, push back every way we. Where do I find that, um, the Title IX yeah. network? Yeah, so so if you go to our homepage, saveservices.org, and you'll and you'll see yeah, hit that that home button, okay. and and you'll you'll see the the image of the the famous image from the White House, and click on the learn more of that button. Uh, oh oops, yeah. Don't oh, sorry. Nope. <laughs> oh, you got some, <laughs> you got some pictures there. <laughs> People might tune in just to see that stuff you're fighting. <laughs> yeah, okay, there uh, we go. And so you click on the learn more button and you'll see all of the 200 odd, 200 plus organizations that are part of our Title IX oh. network. Uh, we are focused on the United States, so we don't have Canadian members, um, but uh uh, yeah, we, we definitely have a, a very strong group pushing, fighting this issue at the local level, like the local school boards, state level with state legislation, and the national level as well. So what do you see uh, as the timing when all of this began happening? Because earlier I made a comment that, you know, we didn't really know. It's like, we're, we have a great awakening now and maybe in the last couple of years and people like yourselves probably saw this sooner than others because you were aware and you were watching and you were inside. But many people until COVID, they didn't know that their kids were being taught certain things. Critical race theory, for instance, I think that became something that just exploded after all the parents had to start doing online teaching with their kids and they went, what? They're trying to destroy America from within. Yeah, there's there's so many perverse forces. Critical race theory is one of those. Uh, the, the, the diversity, equity and inclusion, DEI, although I prefer to say DIE uh, because that it is, it is in, in a sense a death knell for for the spirit 
and for fairness uh, in the in the school setting and elsewhere. So yeah, this 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 is a, a cultural assault. Um, it, it's all part of Marxist ideology. Do you think that the awakening is now causing um, like? Um, Harvard has lost over a billion dollars, apparently. Is that how we make them pay attention? Is it's about the money and where we put our money? Well, I, I guess I think you're probably right. Money certainly has a lot to do with it. Um, we, we actually did a national survey, uh, representative uh, sample of the United U.S. citizens. And we asked these questions about, you know, biological males and women's sports. Overwhelmingly, Americans are opposed to these ideas. I think it was 71% of Americans of our of our survey said they were opposed to biological males and women's sports. So, so you know, the the population, the public itself, has a good grasp. Yes, right. That's what's yeah. so shocking that some yeah. some few radical percentage has kind of seized the day and seized our institutions, which is, is very frightening that this has happened. Very frightening indeed. And we just, we just have to, we have to start with the local school boards, right? In our, in our own neighborhoods, in our own towns and cities, we have to get our, the school boards, you know, give them a reality check. Um, and, you know, some, as you probably heard, some parents have literally taken some of these pornographic books off the library shelf, taken it to the school board meeting and starting reading aloud uh, to the school board members. Of course, the school board turned off their microphone so they, because, oh, these, these words were so offensive to say in, in public, right? So, so the, again, the hypocrisy is, is exposed uh, in so many ways. The, the hypocrisy is being exposed in a lot of ways, isn't it? Like, uh, you know, you can't you can't read this um, this book out loud in front of adults, but you can in front of grade fivers, right? They can have access to this um, slime. And the other the other things that are going on is all of these crazy things that happened with um, like defunding the police and things like that. Like it didn't make sense. And now because crime's gone up and because some of these Democrat um, states are having a huge problem. You're seeing the pushback. And I, I remember watching um, someone had gone out and interviewed some African-American uh, folks that were very upset about defunding the police. And yet they were just pushing it like crazy. I mean, it didn't even make sense. It, it almost seems like your country, America, has gone through this. Anything that Donald Trump wanted to do, maybe we just go opposite of that. And of course, you know, I, you have to laugh at the irony. So I believe it was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where one of the leading uh, persons who were pushing for the defunding of the police, uh, she was a female member of the city council. Uh, she herself was attacked one day uh, because of the lack of police protection. So, you know, what goes around comes around and it, you know, it's, it's again, it's both sad and it's, it's funny to see these cases. But you know, without I don't want to repeat myself too often. But again, this is a page from the the Chinese Cultural Revolution. That's exactly what happened in China: is to is to stop enforcing the basic laws of the country. Wow. 
Um, what do you see happening in this next year? 2024 is slated to be a pretty crazy year, right? With your election, potentially an election here, because we do things a bit different. It's, you know, as the wind blows, we have an election here. But um, people are saying, they're, I'm hearing, you know, that there could be like a civil war because these ideologies are clashing and then potentially Trump just keeps leading everything they do to him. His, his polls keep going up and the weaponizing of the CIA and FBI and, and this, this latest thing about what do they call that when the, it's swatting, the, the swatting. So they're making calls. Oh, so-and-so is, you know, in danger. And so the SWAT team shows up because there's some potential murder that's happened or whatever. And, you know, it can put people's lives in danger because the SWAT team shows up to a prank call. Yeah, I, I don't think they, they have that, that swatting concept in the U.S. Um, yeah, it, we, we, let, let's be honest, we are- Yeah, it's frightening, just recently, actually, I'll just, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, they just had a rash of it this last weekend and you might not have heard about it, but just the, over the Christmas holidays, they did a whole bunch of swatting to uh, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, her family, um, an, another couple of senators. So it, you know, um, but you know, it was on the news and then just in passing, we caught it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, we are, we are at a crossroads. We are at a cultural crossroads. Yeah. We could go, you know, we could go either way and it's just incredibly important for every listener to your show and, you know, people across the continent, North America continent to speak out to just say this is you know we 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 live in a democracy we you know we 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 do not have a government of tyranny we have a government of representative uh it's a representative democracy whether you're talking about canada or the u.s and we're not going to let go of that 100 percent. my final question to you is in all of your years, is there a concern as you're watching some of this, an increase in a tendency toward violent speech and violent behavior? Is that a concern that, you know, maybe as you're kind of, uh, you know, winding down for the day and, and you look at some of these things happening, are you worried for your country in that regard? Well, I, I mean, it's, it's been well documented that the homicide rate has gone up, went up dramatically, you know, after the police forces were, were defunded and cut back. There's, there's no doubt about that from the FBI. But another area that I'll mention that, that we've looked into is domestic violence by women, by females, okay? Uh, and we just actually put out a press release just earlier this week where we documented multiple instances of female perpetrated domestic violence against their children or against their husbands or ex-husbands. Um, there was one case where a, and this was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where a woman gave her ex-boyfriend uh, uh, antifreeze because he had just come into a big inheritance. Well, of course, and he, the antifreeze killed him. Um, well, she was caught, but 
the bottom line is, yeah, we're, we're seeing more of these just crazy incidents that bespeak this breakdown of basic morality of basic respect for human life. Yeah, it is really alarming. It concerns me as, you know, someone with children, um, grown children, nonetheless, they're, you know, that your family is safe, that, that some of, some of this stuff is leading to just, it's violent speech and then it becomes violent actions. And some of the anti-Semitism and things like this have been concerning to watch what has taken place in even just the last, you know, couple of months. So it, it is really concerning. And, and we're also seeing this at the United Nations. Uh, and, and, you know, as you know, October 7th was this incursion, invasion by the Hamas terrorists into Israel, the, the killing of of over over 1200 people and mass rapes okay and we're not talking about stare rape we're talking about real horrible brutal rapes but the united nations kept silent about the rapes uh why because under under marxist ideology israel has been classified as the colonizers and if you're a colonizer, obviously you're you're not entitled to any sympathy or concern, even about something as gruesome as rapes. So, <laughs> again, we're seeing this Marxist ideology playing out at the international level, and we see how how viciously bad it is and unfair it is. And and that is uh, what what you've highlighted is so disturbing that. Certain people, I guess, are entitled to sympathy. Like there's been a lot of concern over what Israel has felt they've needed to do to protect their women and children and men. And those rapes, surprisingly, I was watching a video, it was the rapes of men and women. And so so these, you know, people want to, to be upset about sort of what they, what Israel feels they need to do to protect themselves. And yet... This attack, I don't think we've ever seen or heard of anything like it, not in my lifetime, not like this, not like this brutal, sexual brutality. This is new and hideous and demonic. And yet you're right, silence on this. And it's appalling. Yeah, it was, I mean, and UN Women is the is the prime culprit in this issue. I mean, really? they were just totally silent on this um, and you may have heard that just and this is just in the news in the last week uh, one of their UN women's lead staffers uh, I believe her name is Sarah Douglas was actually in sending out tweets uh, supportive of the Palestinians uh, and well she, she may get a, a hand slap or a wrist slap I don't know <laughs> But again, we're seeing this pervasive ideology that just that just does not recognize the basic inhumanity of what happened to these uh, persons in Israel. Yeah, it, it's it's very shocking. Um, women women are the new um, the new bunch of women are very disturbing to me because. They burned their bras um, in the 60s, and then you've got the feminists, and then all of a sudden it doesn't matter if a man is taking the title for, you know, for the, the boxing championship because he's a man who says he's a woman. 
And they're just so quiet, like deer in the headlights and so stupid and ignorant and lacking in courage to speak up and nothing makes sense. And so you're fighting for women's rights and yet you can't speak out on these things. You're, you're a big advocate for women's rights and yet women were, were treated in the worst um, fashion we've ever heard in history and you can't d defend and, and speak out strongly. And then everyone's afraid um, to be looking politically incorrect and cowardice is really at the heart of it is what I feel. Even if people do want to speak out, they don't. And I think that's costly. I think it's costly not to speak. And that's what you're doing with your organization is you're speaking and you're bringing it to light. We're speaking out. We're doing it in a factual manner because the facts themselves are so powerful, are, 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 are so stunning, are so shocking. We don't have to exaggerate or elaborate or, or you know, we, we just state the facts. You know, there was there was these these mass rapes of Israeli women and UN women uh, was went silent on that. Mm. That's a fact. Um, so, you know, we, we don't have to we don't have to elaborate on these. We just put the truth out there and people are are shocked. Right. Telling the truth. Well, I want to remind everyone of your website, which is. Um, saveservices.org and if people would like to know about some of these issues i know that we have a lot of people who do their own research that will just eat this stuff up thank you we're so glad that we ran across your work and that we have discovered you i welcome you to please keep us informed about whatever is happening um i you know i do laugh i was thinking just the other day because i've always been a churchgoer but Actually, on our show, uh, we, you know, per day, we're speaking to about three large church church sizes just in one day. And then over the next few days, it kind of triples that, right? Uh, so, so we've got a large amount of people who are activated, who want to know what the truth is, and who are courageous. That is our people group that we are proud to say, watch this show. They're, they're activists in many ways. They'll write letters. They'll do things that are important. And so um, we just thank you very, very much. Please keep us posted on, you know, the latest that's going on. If you think something needs uh, highlighting and uh, we, we love it. We really appreciate it. And we really honor courage here. So thank you, sir. Thank you. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, Laura Lynn. Thank you. Take care. We'll talk to you again. Very nice. So... I'm a, I'm a little befuddled by all of it. I know I was making notes, you know, the the United States of America is in a bit bit of a quandary right now because the whole Biden regime is just caving in. I mean, apparently Obama can't save, you know, an African American president uh, of uh, Harvard. He he does not have the power to and I guess he tried and it's good. It's good he doesn't have that power. But what is going on behind the scenes? Why are they holding up this President Biden, you know, I saw him um, in a clip yesterday speaking um, just over the last few days somewhere, and he is really struggling in a manner that it doesn't make you feel safe. Like when we've got all of these wars and rumors of wars going on, any country has to present itself as very strong. 
with someone at the helm that's going to take care of business. I mean, who is going to take care of business? Is it going to be Biden or the the cal you know cackling um, you know vice president right who just finds everything funny that's not funny? <laughs> I mean, it's just you just look at her like. I don't feel safe with these people in charge. And let's face it, in Canada, you know, if if we got attacked or overtaken, let's say that China wanted to take us over. I mean, who would protect us? It would be the United States of America, everyone. So we want them to have a strong military, but the strong military, uh, so they don't have people signing up anymore because of all their woke agendas. Because they're, you know, it's all about the the pronouns and making sure that you're politically correct in that regard, right? And then you've got the the people on the lower border, right? Yes, JT? Oh, yes, yes. Do you have that handy? Yeah. So this is why they say they're bringing in all of those uh, those immigrants um, into the United States because maybe they will fight in the military. Take a look. Her bill, and I hope I describe it accurately, says that if you're an undocumented person in this country, and you can pass the physical and the required test, background test, the like. You can serve in our military, and if you do it honorably, we will make you citizens of the United States. Do we need that? Do you know what the recruiting numbers are at the Army and the Navy and the Air Force? They can't reach their quotas each month. They can't find enough people to join our military forces. And there are those who are undocumented who want the chance to serve and risk their lives for this country. Should we give them a chance? I think we should. Senator Durbin, so is he a Republican or a Democrat? He's a Democrat. So that's why he sounds so stupid. So he thinks that people who won't fight for their own country are going to come to the land of freedom, getting a free cell phone and getting funds so that you can somehow amalgamate yourself and hide. Oh, getting a court date that's into, you know, 2030, and you know you won't show up for that. They're literally going to be, they're just going to hide in the country. And they're really going to hide when Donald Trump comes in and he's going to want mass deportations. They're really going to hide then. But this guy thinks that they're going to sign up for the military. Why? They're already in. They don't need, they don't need that. They're just going to, they're going to become citizens because they claim that they're in harms and in the, they're in danger. So, so they're getting let in by the thousands every single day. Hundreds of thousands. And so why do they need to fight for our military? Does he really think that's going to happen? I don't think so. Really nuts. And then you look at this border, which is Biden's policy to let everyone in. And I guess nobody says nothing. The Democrats don't say anything because they want them to be given the right to vote right off the bat. Oh, come in. Oh, if you're here, you can vote. Vote for Biden. We love Biden. You can see the videos of them. Oh, they're so happy about Biden. You know, all of a sudden, now the Democrats a little bit upset because, well, actually, we're not really able to handle all of these people. And apparently they're not just signing up for the military. I mean, a, a million of them, a, you know, two million have come in. Why aren't the numbers going up in the military? Is, is that what they're doing? They're racing to the military to get into the military? I don't think so. So this is all nuts. This is all crazy. 
It's crazy making. Let's defund the police. Oh, the homicides are just skyrocketing. Oh, you know what? That, that was kind of a bad idea. I don't know. You know? Because Trump thought it was a good idea to have strong enforcement. No, they don't. So everything's going stark raving mad. And the, the, you know, that whole left-leaning side is kind of falling in on itself. But we're going to have a real problem coming up because they just can't stand losing. So let's look at this issue with the election coming up in 2024. This is what's so destabilizing to the country because if no one's allowed to intervene and an election happens and they don't like the outcome, these crazy nut jobs, they, there is no end to their nuttiness. And so this is a very volatile, disturbing season in history. And conservatives, like JT was just saying, I mean, conservative parents are not running around telling their kids to sign up for military and, and you know, to fight for their country to what? To potentially go to the Ukraine to die for this godforsaken war that's going on right now? No. People don't want the blood of their children going towards that. If you've got to fight and, and you've got pure evil to fight, then we all got to fight in any way we can, but not in someone else's idea of some stupid, ignorant war that, that takes the blood and the lives of our children. It's really pathetic. Um, let's go to that video you have. Ukrainian ambassador here is talking about trying to find a settlement in the early stages of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I was in that moment in the group of Ukrainian negotiators. We negotiated uh, with Russian delegation practically two months, in March and April, the possible peaceful settlement agreement between Ukraine and Russia. And we, as you remember, concluded so-called Istanbul communique. And we were very close in the middle of April, in the end of April, to finalize our war with some peaceful settlement. For some reasons, it was postponed. But to my mind, Putin, this is my personal view, Putin in one week after started his aggression in 24 February last year, very quickly understood he did mistake and tried to do everything possible to conclude agreement with Ukraine. And Istanbul communique, it was his personal decision to accept the text of this communique, which totally far away from the initial proposal of Russia, ultimatum proposal of Russia, which they put before the Ukrainian delegation in Minsk. So we managed to find a very real compromise. So Putin really wanted to reach some peaceful settlement with Ukraine. It's very important to remember. Yeah, so uh, back in this, speaking of the godforsaken uh, war, um, I remember, if you remember, when Putin and this guy, he, he's a bad dude, uh, you know, he's done all kinds of crazy stuff. You wouldn't want him as a friend or anything, right? He'd be an interesting guest, I guess, if, if he's in a good mood to tell the stories, right? But, um, but 
they really like they went super slowly like there was an opportunity for settlement in this but guess who didn't want that vladimir am i saying his name right zelensky right because he he has gained millions and billions of dollars through this unaccounted for right so the whole world is just it's nutty and we find ourselves wondering well who do you trust and we're not in control are we we the people we're not the powers that be that control the funds that make the money that make the big money and seem to have insider trading i thought that was very interesting we watched a news item yesterday of all of the uh the people in the united states um senate and that are in the house that uh they you know if you look at their stock profiles oh they just made so much money they they're so smart i guess they make all the right decisions about what stocks that they should be buying right oh then you find out the government gives a large contract to so and so 5 days later after they bought all this stock or they sell it at just the right time all this insider stuff's going on and uh just just really disturbing right but we're not we're not in control of any of this and that's what's hard and that's why i say if you watched my show yesterday that we have got to have nerves of steel we have got to have a very sound mind because god has not given us a spirit of fear as we watch all of this happen let's remember what god promises in daniel and in revelations when armageddon happens the fire shows up and takes out the enemy and you might say you really believe all that stuff lorlin i sure do I sure do. I believe all of it because all of the prophetic words up to this point in history so many have been fulfilled. And uh there's a few more things. I mean, it says D- Damascus will be laid to waste. Um there's been some stuff happening and I'm just glad they're taking out, you know, taking out Hamas leaders, getting, you know, very very uh profiled distinct attacks against these guys that have actually done this and that's good. I'm very sad that women and children uh can be seen in videos walking through the middle of Gaza. That that's very bad parenting. Very bad. Uh Tucker Carlson speaking at Turning Point event about how both parties are try- trying to destroy the US right now. And that means that has impacts on Canada. Take a listen. So the objective of I would say the entire administration and its enablers in the Republican party which is most elected officials there is to destroy the United States the recognizable United States the country you grew up in the country you've been living in say 10 years ago and that's kind of obvious to everyone but too few people pause and ask well what is that like these people live here they don't all have secret island getaways especially now that Epstein is gone. And so if they succeed in their project of destroying the United States, where are they going to go? It's a little bit like burning your own house down. So why would you do that? That's not just an act of destruction, it's an act of self-destruction. So is that a political program? No. A political program is designed to help the people who institute it and their voters and donors. Their program helps nobody. <laughs> hmm. You know, we talked yesterday uh, I said that uh, JT had found this site like 
if people are destroying the United States and, and there are those in the Club of Rome that talk openly about depopulation, we pl played their clips ad nauseum. If you've watched the show, like they just, they, they get a real, you know, it's just really something for them to sit back and contemplate on. Mark Friesen was always really good at, at bringing this stuff up, you know, about how they just feel there's too many of you. There's definitely too many of me, I'm pretty sure they think, you know? And they want to bring the world's population down from, what is it, 7, 8 billion, you know, down to, well, they love 500,000. Uh, 500 million, yeah, 500,000, no, that'd be too little. 500 million, they'd love that, but 1 billion, okay. I guess they want to keep some of the smartest because they would hate to see, you know, all of the technology and everything that we've gained over the last, you know, decades to be gone all of a sudden, but they want to... They definitely want to take out the large majority of us. And like, what if that is the really smart people, right? What if they take out all those engineers and those, you know, science-based people who help us to have the internet and keep everything running? Are, are they just going to keep the one million that are really good? Well, and what's going to happen to them? Where are they going? Well, take a look at this Swiss company. It's called, um, is it Opidum? Opidum, and it builds luxury bunkers for the world's wealthy. We can never predict or control what will happen in the world. But our first, most powerful instinct is always the same, to protect the ones we love. I want that house. To provide a sanctuary where they can be safe and secure, out of danger and out of sight. Is this sight. the kind that uh, Zuckerberg's getting? but with all the comforts In of Hawaii. home and surrounded by their most precious possessions. Look at this. Oppidum creates underground living spaces that are highly secure and completely discreet, yet beautifully appointed and entirely so bespoke. Beautiful. With everything oh. you need to relax to and unwind that? and keep yes, your sir. mind and body in peak <laughs> condition. Is that a pool? That we a work pool. with you wherever you are in the world to enhance and protect right? your residence. Whatever is happening in the world outside, you can rest easy and live fully in times of tranquility and in times of unrest. Entertain friends and enjoy private time with your family or just savor having a safe place to reflect. So you've got your own little... Your private gallery arts, keeps your gallery. collections in perfect condition and is built to the highest security standards. The hidden technology that sustains your life underground is as carefully considered, one. meticulously engineered, and I'm beautifully crafted so as every other aspect of your opium. <laughs> your opidum has two independent air filtration systems. Two backup power generators provide constant off-the-grid power in case of a blackout. See, this is why they don't care. All systems operate completely they'll, they'll autonomously. <laughs> Emergency batteries, which are kept fully charged at all times, are capable of powering the property independently. All Oppidum systems are carefully integrated into the overall design so that you'll never know it's there. An invisible shield that operates with the same silent dependability as the I just movement love real of a Swiss watch. Let's buy one. 
unseen and untouched. To protect the people we love and the objects we cherish is the most powerful like human instinct. You know, your Opinion is food. the only luxurious answer to this exactly. call. Designed and constructed to withstand ballistic, environmental, and civil threats. Ballistic, this is security without sacrifice. Threats. Comfort without, without compromise. Without compromise. <laughs> Just compromising your character, knowing you're involved in brutal things. If you can afford that, you're probably, you're probably one of the reasons that you need it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so... So this is why they're not so worried. They're gonna have, they're gonna have protection. They're gonna be just fine. Well, this is what we have. We have Psalms 91. We are hidden under the shadow of the Almighty, and God is with us. And that's where I get my smile. And I can keep smiling because I know he is. But if things begin to get a little crazy. We're going to have to keep that more and more in mind because there is hope. You see, I'm not from here. My, my home is not earth. My eternal home awaits for me and I'm good with it. I'm an eternal being and we have eternal hope and we have an eternal rest and an eternal place being built for us. So, Call me crazy. Gives me, gives me that sense that I'm going to be all right. Tucker Carlson speaking on the existence of UFOs and a possible spiritual connection. This is interesting. I'll tell you this. I've talked to a lot of people about this now because I've never been interested in UFOs until like five years ago. And I was like, wait, this is real. What is this? Why aren't we talking about this? I'm just like coming at it from a totally idiotic, I don't know anything, curious position, which is my normal posture on everything. And so I've talked to a lot of people, and my view is that there, you know, this is my opinion, that there are things about this that are really disturbing. And while I hate any kind of government secrecy, and if I could prove any of this, I would say it immediately, consequences be damned, I do sort of understand why they don't want to let this stuff out. It's not about, oh, we've got fragments of one of these crafts at a Lockheed, you know, facility in California and we have biologics from the craft. You know, everyone knows that that's likely true. Well, it's certainly true that they have the, you know, pieces of this stuff. Yep. But I think it's likely that it's, it's, it's darker than that and that the U.S. government is, I said the U.S. government, people in the U.S. government, not the U.S. government, but, you know, there are parts, it's a vast, it's the largest human organization in history, parts of it you know, have knowledge that is very, very disturbing. And um, I personally think, strongly think, um, that there's a spiritual component to this that I don't understand and will not pretend to understand. Um, but I think it's very clear that there's a spiritual component to this. That's one of the reasons the Vatican, and I'm, again, I'm not Catholic, but has been involved in this for over 100 years as an observatory, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that these are not men from Mars. That, I think that was a psyop, because I think the truth is a little bit wilder and has deeper implications just than, than that. So the other person that was speaking on this was Alex Jones was talking about his interview. He did a two-hour interview, which I do recommend everybody sees, with Tucker Carlson. And the spiritual aspect was really fascinating. The fact that um, all of this knowledge that we're gaining on what evil is, who evil is, what is being done, what's behind it. 
is bringing a spiritual awakening to many people's hearts. And, um, well, you know, one of the things that uh, Alex Jones has said, and I think this was when he was on somebody else's podcast, um, that Gary sent me, senior producer Gary sent me that. And one of the things that Alex Jones said was, was that he couldn't betray the confidence of Tucker, but that Tucker had had a real awakening to something and something had happened. He'd seen something. Alex Jones was uh, talking about the dreams that he gets and and in, in his vivid dreams, uh, you know, how he sees things happening and also just the, the understanding that all around us, there's angels and demons. There's the world we can see that we're dealing with and we're trying to see through a glass darkly, as it were. We can't see very well. It's like we're wearing sunglasses, you know, in a room that's dimly lit and we can't always see what's truly happening. But... Um, one day we're going to be able to see it very clear, but think about it like this, like even as I am going about my life and you're going about your life, all around us are angels and demons in a, in a world that is, is fighting. And Daniel actually, um, well, no, I think it was, was it Paul that was prevented from going somewhere because the prince of Persia did not allow him. So the, the demonic evil forces did not allow him to go. So, so it, it gives us an insight. Or was that Daniel? Sorry, guys. I listened to a lot of podcasts, and so then I, I should have looked it up before. I, I didn't know I was going to mention it. But what, what this story outlines is that there's reasons that we get stopped from, from doing positive things. There's reasons that we are in a, a battle for our destiny, that the enemy doesn't want you to complete what God has for you in 2024 because he wants to put fear on you and he wants, there's a battle for your soul and for your destiny. And uh, familiar spirits is what the Bible calls them. So these familiar spirits are very well aware that you have a calling on your life. And so when you feel like, wow, everywhere I go, I'm being stopped here and stopped there. And, you know, there's roadblocks to doing what I feel in my heart I should be doing. Make sure that perhaps it's a time needed of fasting. Perhaps it's a time of real warfare prayer. Because the enemy that you cannot see with your natural eyes is, is fighting. Now, I... I know people that, you know, they say that they're actually able to see these things. Um, and I, I don't, I just know, I, I know when there's, when I feel evil is present and I try to guard my environment. So one of the things that I do, if you want to know little secrets that I do, because I'm, I'm in a big battle every day, bringing you this truth. What I do, I like to make sure that I'm playing some good music around me, or I'm playing the word of God, or I'm playing uh, you know, a pastor that my my demons, uh, the demons that are around me will not, the familiar spirits will not want to be hearing. So, you know, it's like, ah, right? And they squiggle away because I keep my environment very pure, wholesome, and safe. And when you do that, it's a, it's a measure of protection. And then also just calling on God and understanding that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Flesh and blood, what is that? Well, that's what we can feel, touch, taste, and see, and hear. That is not the, the majority of the battle. The majority of the battle is what we cannot see with our 
natural eyes. That is the battle. The enemy wants to destroy you in that battle. So how do we fight that? That's the spiritual fight. That is warfare. And quite frankly, it might be just saying simple prayers like, God, please protect me. Something's wrong. Can you show me what I need to do? God, can you show me why there's a roadblock in this regard? Father, can you, you know, protect my journey? I don't feel safe. Something's happening. And then cling to the rock of ages. Cling to the Prince of Peace. Cling to the tower that is your stronghold at this time so that you get through. Make sure your mind has this. Don't let anxiety and fear. We're not to worry. If you're worried, I'll tell you why. Because you don't trust God. That's it. I worry sometimes. I'm not saying we don't do it. But if we are worried and we are in anxiety, it's because we're not trusting God to see us through. Now take a listen to Brigham Bueller speaking on the Joe Rogan uh, experience on the evil history of Big Pharma. There was a small little company that reached out to the Third Reich and said, hey, we need 150 participants for our clinical trial. The Nazi regime shipped 150 healthy Jewish women to this uh this pharmaceutical company to test its products. Literally within six months, there's letters back to the Third Reich from this pharmaceutical company saying, thank you so much for your cooperation. The women arrived in great health and working order. Unfortunately, none of them, none of them made it through the initial phases of our trial. They killed 150 women. We kindly request that you send us another 150 women. That little company became Bayer, which is now a mega pharmaceutical company. Oh. And I say because it would have changed by now. That was forever ago, right? The world's a different place. We would never allow that today. Jump forward post-World War II. I talked about this on RFK's podcast. Eisenhower's speech, his, uh, famous speech about the military industrial complex. What a lot of people don't realize is there was a second half to that speech where Eisenhower warned the American people about the medical industrial complex. He warned that if we allow private industry to control, monopolize and profiteer off of health and healthcare, that they will silo innovation, stifle innovation and capitalize and monetize innovation. I would argue that's 100% what we've seen and it's continuing and the reason i want to walk the public through this is because to understand what's going on you've got to see the history of how it's happened now you jump forward to the 80s okay time and time again when big pharma has had an opportunity to choose left or right over and over again they have chose profits over patient outcomes so 1980s bayer launches a hemophilia drug they inadvertently contaminate thousands of specimens with HIV. They know that they've contaminated specimens with HIV, this drug with HIV virus. What do they do? They have a decision, destroy all of it or ship it to the public anyway. They shipped it into third world countries, Africa and Asian markets and infected 20,000 people with the HIV virus. What? This is the 80s when it was a death sentence. Look at this from this article. A division of the pharmaceutical company Bayer sold millions of dollars of blood clotting medicine for hemophiliacs, medicine that carried a high risk of transmitting AIDS to Asia and Latin America in the mid-1980s while selling a new, safer product in the West. 
according to documents obtained by the New York Times. Holy So jump forward, they infect all these people with HIV. Okay, in the 80s, compounding pharmacies and specialty pharmacies and generic uh, manufacturers attempted to create HIV treatment options that were affordable for third world countries. Because at the time, it was like $14,000 a month for an HIV treatment to keep you alive. Nobody could afford that in those countries. So what happens? Does Big Pharma, in a market they can't sell, in a market they can't touch, in a market where they inadvertently infected, or I would say almost knowingly infected 20,000 people with HIV, they then lobby with the U.S. government, file and sue the out of all of these companies that were attempting to make cost-effective generics. It caught it up in litigation for three years before finally they bent to the will of the American people and the feedback of, of the public. There was outrage over this. And finally, after three years of litigation, Big Pharma said, basically, screw it. Go ahead and give them the HIV. Let them make these HIV meds in these countries that aren't buying our product anyway. I just say all this so you know the people we're dealing with. So when we speak of injustice and who we can trust, it's a tough world. It's a cold, dark, dark world. And look what just happened as well in the last three years, what we've had to deal with. There's only one place to put our hope and our trust in, and that's in God. I urge you to share this broadcast with as many people as you can. Um, tell your friends and neighbors. Tell those that you associate with. Tell those that you go to church with. Would you share with them that there's a show that's covering um, real mainstream issues and that does it from a biblical perspective? Would you help me to get the word out to do that? That would be wonderful. My website is Laurelin. Uh, laurelin.tv and I am very grateful to you. Thank you. Thank you to those of you who watch. You spend lots of uh, your time hanging out with me so that we can do this together. We can get solace. We can get comfort. We can get courage and we can get knowledge because without knowledge the people perish. Thank you very much for supporting this. We don't get paid by um, any big organizations at all. We are here because you help us to be here. When you help us to be here, you get an income tax receipt, but you also get the benefit of the harvest because it means a lot to me when I go out to different places and they say, because of information from our show, they made decisions that saved their lives and saved their families' lives. There is not really good places that you can get the information that you need. Yesterday's show was absolutely epic, and I hope that you're seeing that the issues that we're bringing forward is things that you need to know. Talk about it at dinner time. Talk about it with your family. Ask your kids what they think. Like let's let's build knowledge into our children because something happened here where you know some stuff was taken over. Hey, I just want to thank Billy Jack. Thank you very much for your donation. What what platform's that on? On YouTube. Okay. Billy Jack, you're awesome. And then yesterday, I want to thank um, Mighty Mouse 327, who donated five bucks on the show. That's so sweet. <laughs> on Rumble. Okay. And I was supposed to thank you yesterday, but um, uh, JT handed me something and I, I didn't see it on time and we were off the show. Thank you very much. And if you go to that donate button that you can see right there on the screen, you go to laurelin.tv, donate. You can become a monthly partner. 
you know, maybe you know you're going to be tuning in and you appreciate what I can do and maybe you can see the show on some days and you miss it on other days, but you'd like to be an ongoing supporter of this work, this ministry, I appreciate it. Thank you. We will take it anywhere from five bucks to a hundred. If you have a thousand, we could sure use a thousand a month. Let me tell you that that would, that would be helpful, you know, so we're not having any days going, oh, you know, what's happening. Um, but you know, um, our story, uh, has been told before very simply. It's just that we, we lost our jobs because everything shifted from, you know, uh, broadcast television to internet for JT's job. And so he kind of lost his job first. And then I lost my job because of the woke culture basically. And I was fighting it. And so that opened a door for us to be able to speak frankly without anyone telling me to shut up, you know, um, some of you out there, you might want me to shut up. Then what you do is you just turn the channel you go to a different broadcast or whatever. You don't have to watch, but the only person that gets to stop us from speaking the truth, talking about what's really going on is God and my husband. He gets to tell me to shut up in the nicest way I have to say. And he doesn't usually, which is really a God-sized miracle because sometimes I can just go on and on. It is hard to get a word in, he says. But he puts up with it all, and so I appreciate him. We also have an email if you want to send an e-transfer, Live at protonmail.com. I do really appreciate my husband. He, he just, you know, he has a very fine balance to me. And, and you know what? Just if you all think that I do, like, talk nonstop, I really don't because by the time that I'm done talking all this, all my words are used up, really, and I get a lot quieter for the rest of the day which he really appreciates. I have to say there's a gleam in his eye that just says, thank you, you know? So I'm a little bit quieter then. Um, and we also have snail mail, which is in New Westminster, PO Box 48184, New Westminster, V3M0A7. That repeats at the end of the show. Thank you. I want to leave you with something very powerful today. Um, you know, if you wonder, like, what are the final words that Jesus says in the Bible? Can I just read them to you? The final word. So I'm talking, it's red letter. That means Jesus is saying it. And it's in Revelations 22. It's the back of the book. Okay. And we go to, yep, I'm going to read it to you. I think it, if it's in red letters, it's important. Jesus said it. And then if it's the very final words that are in the Holy Scripture, it's important. This is what Jesus says. Revelation 22, verse 7, Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. Down in uh, 2212, in red letters, Jesus is saying this, Look, I am coming soon. He repeats it. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life. Do you think we'll be eating from the tree of life again, where we live forever and ever? Will that be because we'll be eating the fruit? It says that we get to eat from the tree of life if we're clean and righteous before him. All right, <clears throat> then it says, and 
may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs and those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. What an honor David must feel. King David, David, the, the Jewish king, 2,800 years ago or so, he was the king in Israel, in Jerusalem. And he was the king of the Jews, the Israelis. And in the very final sentence of the Bible, God, through Jesus, says, I am the root and the offspring of David, and I am the bright and morning star. Who is he? He is the lily of the valley. He is the rock of ages. He is the God you can go to in any kind of trouble. He is strong, powerful, unstoppable, indisputable. He's unquenchable. His fire is amazing. He is a God who stands as judge to the injustice. And when he speaks and he deals out his justice, you want to be on the right side of that. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley, the bright and morning star. He's the God you can trust. You can trust him even as we look at all of these bad things going on. You can trust him. He's got you. He's got me. And we are going to have the time of our lives enjoying 2024. God bless everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing. But for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.laurelin.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.